Hello, friends, and welcome to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn. It is great to have you here today. This is the final installment of the um, Advent series um, podcast episodes thing. Uh, We've been doing some uh, bonus episodes for the season of Advent. They've been coming out every Wednesday. Uh, But since Christmas is tomorrow, uh, you're listening to this on Monday, perhaps, uh, recording this on Sunday. Uh, So since Christmas is on Tuesday, uh, this is going to be kind of the Monday episode slash bonus episode, and uh, episode number 21 in all, and I'll tell you about it in just a moment. Um, A couple things real quick. Plans have kind of changed. Um, I told you the last couple weeks that I was aiming for next week to do an audio version of the um, research paper, the theology paper that I wrote for the book of Mark. And I tried recording it about 52 times, and every time I get halfway through it, I'm just like, this is not working. Uh, It's just not reading the way that I want it um, as I'm reading it out loud. And um, so I don't think I'm going to be able to post the entire thing or share the entire thing in audio form, but there is a section that I think will work. Um, I talk about the Mark's Jesus, uh, the Jesus of the Gospel of Mark and talk about some different things that um, maybe are more specific to Mark's Jesus than the way that Jesus appears in some of the other um, Gospels. And so I might take that section. There are six different observations, and I think that will work. Um, but I will share the whole, um, the entire paper on the blog, so you can go there and you can read it. If you'd like, it's a very easy read. I mean, it reads just like my normal blog post. It's just not... Uh, not coming out verbally the way that I wanted it to. So so that's one thing, and you can look for that probably next Monday. And then in January, um, I was planning a new uh, series type thing to kick off in January. That's going to be put on hold a little bit um, because I got, some, I got an email from my advisor the other day from school, and there are some different things from my dissertation that he would like me to um, add and change and edit. And some of the things require some new research that I have to do, and that obviously takes some time. And uh, between work and everything else, I've got to get it done. And it's due February 1st. So if I want to defend it in the spring, which I do, and be graduated, I have to, the deadline is February 1st. So I have basically the first three weeks of January to do the writing and editing. And I got to hand it back in for him to read and for my second reader to read. You have two readers when you do a dissertation. So one. Um, kind of does the reading to make sure that it's ready for defense. The other guy is going to be there um, at the day that I defend it. He's going to be asking me questions about it. So I've got to get it to both of these guys before the first so they can read it and let me know if there's any other issues that need to be changed last minute uh, before we hit February 1st. And so it's going to be a crazy month, and uh, I just don't have the time uh, to sit and do some new stuff here. So I'm just going to hit pause. Um, on the What If Project for a little while, and probably every week what I might do is just repost um, the most popular episodes and blog posts uh, from 2018. So we'll go back, um, I'll repost a few of them, um, and just kind of go from there. And I I might even put up one new podcast episode, because there's one that I've been sitting on for a while that I wanted to release in January, so I might might release that, because it's already done, Um, but we'll see where it goes. But I just wanted you guys to know that I did not fall off the face of the earth. Um, I am still here. I will still be here. Um, I just got to get this thing 
done. Um, the What If Project is going to go on, obviously, for a while, uh, but this dissertation um, is not. So I have to get it done, and uh, that's just kind of the way that it is. So anyway, um, also, my voice, I don't know what's wrong with it. Um, I feel like I have... I don't know. I feel like my voice is very weird today, and probably because for the last three days at work have been insane. Um, I work in a mall at the Apple Store, and I've never seen so many people in one place in my life, and so my voice is like done. So uh, if I sound weird, that is also why. So episode number twenty-one, uh, the final episode of the Advent um, series that we are doing, and. Uh, I'm calling it, this is a very unique title, I think, um, I'm calling it The Darkness of the Womb. The Darkness of the Womb. So I learned something interesting the other day. Um, I was listening to Dr. Alexander John Shia talk to Rob Bell on Rob Bell's podcast, which is called The Robcast. And uh, Dr. Shia said something that I haven't been able to shake this past week. Uh, he was talking about the like the early roots of Christianity and how when it spread out of the Palestine area where it was kind of birthed and into other regions around that part of the world, uh, it began to take on the flavors of other cultures, which is natural, right? And I'm giving you, obviously, the super short version. Um, you can check out, if you go to the blog or in the show notes, um, I'll put the links there to the episode on the Robcast and also... Um, the episode where Dr. Shia came onto the What If Project um, last fall was also some really good stuff that he shared there. So I'll put all the links in the show notes or in the blog. But uh, one of the groups of people that he talked about the most uh, was the Celtic people and how the, the dark winter months of November and December represented for them uh, like the beginnings or the birth pangs of something new, uh, something new, something you know fresh, something exciting. Um, like, have you ever noticed the, you know, great amount of darkness that's present right now, right? Like this time of the year. Sometimes I go to work in the dark, literally, I leave, it's dark. And when I leave work, it's dark again. And since I work in a mall uh, during this time of the year, there are days when I literally don't see an ounce of daylight, except that what's coming through the skylight out in the hallway. You know, dark, 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 feels like all of the time. And to be honest with you, I usually complain about it because I find it kind of depressing and a little bit annoying, uh, not to mention overwhelming because it makes it harder to get things done, right? Like, am I the only one who feels like less daylight makes it feel like I have less time to accomplish my super important goals, right? Uh, work on my super important dreams, uh, pursue those agendas. Like, we've all been there, right? And every time I get there and I feel that stress, it fills me with this crazy amount of anxiety, like I have no time, I have no daylight to do the things I need to do. Interestingly, though, uh, the Celtics called this time of the year the time of holy darkness because they didn't see it as a time to be avoided or pushed away or fixed or quickened or pushed through, but a time to be embraced. You see, for them, this time of the year was a time when they could rest, uh, reset themselves, and push pause on the busyness of, of life. And so Dr. Shia says that when the Christians brought the gospel out of the Palestine area and into the Celtic region, uh, they were looking for ways that the Celtic culture could create space for them to integrate uh, the Christian faith and thus be an avenue for spreading the message of Jesus uh, to the Celtic people. And so as they became more and more familiar with who the, the Celts were, 
um, and more aware of their culture, you know, what they believed, all that kind of stuff, and they learned about their embrace of the November-December darkness, the Christians began to call this dark time the season of Advent. Now, Advent, you might remember, means uh, beginning time or a time of beginning. And so the season of Advent came to represent the time of the year uh, for God's people to be revitalized and renewed as they remembered the birth of Jesus and all of the newness, freshness, and uh, revitalization that he brought with him. And so that was kind of the Advent or the beginning um, of the Advent season. And so what this means for us, I think, is that there's, there's like a different, and I think even more meaningful way to look at some of the things that we typically do during this time of the year. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about, for instance, and Dr. Shia spent a little bit of time on, is uh, candles and lights. Um, like, I love Christmas lights, right? Like, the more, the better. White lights, colored lights, big lights, small lights, twinkling lights, whatever. More, more, more. The more, the better, right? And when I was little, I used to love when my mom would put those uh, those little electric candlesticks in the front windows of our home, and she would hang a wreath on the front door, position a spotlight out in the front lawn so that the door would be perfectly lit and, uh, you know, brought the kind of the door and the wreath into the light when it was dark outside. Uh, so lights, lights, more light. I just love lights. But I always saw the lights, um, you know, like in a spiritual way. I always saw the lights as a way to counter the darkness, right? Like when we light the Christmas tree and the candles and the wreath, it extinguishes the darkness, just as Jesus extinguished the darkness when he came into the world. Satan's kingdom became weaker, evil got pushed down, um, and light and goodness got a little bit stronger. But if we're looking at lights and candles and all that kind of stuff through the lens of the Celtic people, it actually means something a little bit different, and I think like a little bit more meaningful. Uh, The idea of extinguishing the darkness in favor of the light is an idea that didn't really arrive on the scene of Christianity um, until Christianity made its way into the Greek world. So the Greeks were known as very dualistic thinkers, uh, light versus darkness, good versus evil, heaven versus hell, angels versus demons, uh, that kind of stuff. For the Greeks, darkness was one thing and the light was another. So darkness was bad, light was good, it was one or the other. Uh, For the Celtic people, though, they weren't so much an either-or group of people, but a both-and. In other words, they weren't interested in dividing things into two groups, but about integrating them into one. Uh, They weren't about division, but they were more about unification. And for them, darkness and light were one and the same, and that both were good. Both were something to be celebrated, and both were all the more beautiful when partnered together as one. And so for them, trees weren't decorated and candles weren't lit, Uh, so much to extinguish the darkness, but to decorate the darkness. So think about that for a moment. Sit on that phrase for a moment. Decorate the darkness. In other words, because the darkness of November, December was seen as a good thing, as something to be embraced, uh, the Celts decorated their trees, uh, lit their candles, not to push the darkness away, but to make it more beautiful and more meaningful and more luminous. For them, the darkness wasn't simply the end of something old, but the beginning of something new. And just as Jesus, as, as a baby, was born out of the darkness of the womb, so dreams, new life, new adventures, new ideas are born out of the darkness of late November and December, uh, the season of Advent. So that's kind of the Advent of the Advent season. That's kind of the origins 
of this time of the year and the way that it's celebrated in the church. Um, and obviously it looked a little bit different then than it does now, but I thought that was such an interesting way um, to look back at our um, roots as Christians, as spiritual people, uh, to kind of see where this kind of stuff originated from and what it might mean to uh, bring that forward into today's um, world in 2018. So so a couple things that I want to I want to say a couple challenges, observations, whatever. Uh, one, could it be that the darkness in your life, as horrible and painful and heavy as it may be, uh, might be a good thing? Because could it be that although the darkness feels like the end of a season of life that you loved and you adored, could it be that the, the darkness is actually a deeper symbol that something new and different is coming? It's not that the loss needs to be pushed away or brushed away or that we should pretend everything is okay and put on a fake smile. What we're saying, though, is that maybe the sadness, um, maybe the loss doesn't last forever, but is merely a sign that something new and different is coming in the wake of whatever it is that is ending. Right? There's, there's light at the end of the womb. Uh, something new is being born. And could it be that as you sit in the dark womb of November and December, that maybe God will meet you in the midst of that darkness with his beautiful light, not so much to make the darkness go away and to save the day and make everything good, but to show you that even in the midst of your darkest hour, he is there, right? He's decorating your darkness with light. He's intertwining the two into one so that meaning can come forth from something that you thought contained nothing but evil and sadness. Could it be that even in the midst of your deepest dark, There is really light all around you. Could it be that the two are one and the same? And the second uh, observation or challenge is, could it be that you might be the light that God has chosen to decorate someone else's darkness? After all, it's not all about you, right? Perhaps God has made you aware of someone else's darkness, someone else's lack, someone else's loneliness, someone else's sadness, someone else's loss so that you can walk into their lives during this Advent season, this week of Christmas, and decorate their darkness with whatever it is that they need, something that will lift their spirits and give them a sense of the joy that maybe they have forgotten how to have, to decorate their darkness with a sweet reminder that this darkness doesn't simply mark for them the end of something old, but the beginning of something new. Maybe you and your family or your circle of friends can be the fresh breath of new joy that that person or those people so desperately need today. And so my challenge for us these next few days is is twofold. Number one, uh, dwell on whatever it is that God might be birthing in your own life as we enter into the other season of Advent. What new thing is coming? What new thing is God doing? Maybe it has something to do with your job, your hobbies, your school, your friends, something in your marriage, in your family, whatever. What new thing is God birthing in you? And number two, be on the lookout for the darkness that others are carrying around with them so that we can partner and conspire with God, not to extinguish their darkness, not to make it go away, but to decorate their darkness with light and bring attention to the beautiful meaning of the darkness of the womb. Hope that encourages you. Hope it challenges you, as it did me. Uh, Remember to check out the show notes if you want to go listen to more of what Dr. Shia had to say. 
on the Robcast or on the What If Project last fall. Some good stuff there. Um, I hope you guys have an extremely Merry Christmas. I hope your week, your days are filled with many smiles and lots of joy. And uh, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.